I want the fairy tale. I want the Prince Charming. She, how do I put this, isn't a fan of my kissing style. So we were boyfriend and girlfriend for about 12 hours. He's in a trash bin. He's non-recyclable. Catch you never. I love being in love. I love love. On today's episode of Where's Your Head At, we are super excited to welcome to the studio Matt Hay, or as he is better known, All Right Hay. Matt is a podcaster, comedian, entertainer, and self-confessed glamazon. We can't wait to ask him about his tour, his podcast, how he comes up with his content for TikTok and Instagram, and what he has planned for the future. Stick around to hear some of his hilarious stories. Where's Your Head At is a podcast that talks all things relationships, breakups, reality TV, trending shows, and everything in between. This is your new go-to destination for laughs, gossip, intimate details, advice, and much more. Hey, Matt. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Where's Your Head At. Thanks for having me. I met you actually, was it last year? I can't even remember. The years just kind of like muddled together at the moment. We did the MasterChef event together and I met you there and I thought you were so funny. I was like, this guy is amazing. Oh my God, you are so right about everything just mushing together. I tried to find a photo <laughs> from that day, from that shoot that we did. And I felt like I was scrolling on my camera roll for years <laughs> and years and years to try and figure out when that was yeah time is just a blur these days there's so much going on but it was so fun and yeah I loved meeting you too it was it was it was a great day yeah for sure well I have to ask you Matt I um I went on Instagram to do some uh research on you obviously because you're coming on to the uh podcast but I couldn't find you have you uh blocked me (laughs) oh really (laughs) I mean I mean, maybe I block a lot of straight men. So, I mean, <laughs> it's very, 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 usually after I sleep with them. But uh, it's very. Well, <laughs> is that what happened? I don't know. Literally. Cause is that I, what happened? What do you mean? Anna sent me some. Um, sent me some I sent s- Matt some funny clips of you and he's like, I can't see them. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I was like. No, I've got you right here. Is that you? That's there you go. We genuinely like look. That's yeah. But then look at <laughs> mine. It says not available. Your stuff's not available. Wow. Oh, that's not good. I don't know why. Maybe I'm like shadow banned at the moment. No, no. Like we, I, yeah. Everyone else around you, my burner account could find you, but Matt's, Matt's <laughs> not been put my on actual account. Matt's that been put so on the block list. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Before we, we before we together. came in here, I was like, Anna, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't be in on this one. Maybe you take this one. I think he's <laughs> got a. I think I'm not welcome here. No, that's actually that is actually a mystery. That's a conspiracy theory because no, I definitely haven't blocked you. So I don't know what's happened there, but. Maybe if we, maybe if I follow you, it'll all work. Yeah, shoot, slide into my DMs and see what happens. Yeah. Matt wants okay. to be friends. <laughs> I will do. Did you? F- I followed you now. Check what happened. See if it comes up. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you've blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> no, why I went, haven't we? He went through his right? blocked list. He's like, did I? <laughs> I was like, why would I block him? I was like, and then I went through my block list and you weren't there. I was, I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's a mystery. It's yeah. a mystery. Well, Anna and I, you might have blocked me because Anna and I hit it off on that day at MasterChef. We had such a good time together. We really and, did. And, uh, 
you were just so down to earth and so fabulous and so funny. Aww. And out of everyone there, like, we probably, like, connected the best. Like, I was like, yeah, she's a cool chick. So, Aww. Matt, you probably got jealous and saw me on the stories and blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, was probably like, gee whiz, he's going to take the spot. It's yeah, going to be replaced like, by another like, Matt. I'm the only Matt in Anna's life. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's fun. That's a confusing one. All right. I have to ask you because your outfits are just so fabulous. Who is your style icon? Um, for me, it because it's probably like I take a lot of inspiration and always have throughout my life uh, from specifically Lady Gaga. I feel like she mm. very much changed the game in terms of fashion in the music industry. We all know, like before yeah. her, everyone was wearing jeans on a red carpet and then Lady Gaga <laughs> comes out in an egg and everyone's like, we need to top this. And so uh, Lady Gaga, when I was younger, was definitely my style icon. I feel like these days I don't really have to much of a style icon I feel like I've found my own style in a way and I know exactly like what looks flattering on my body and exactly what uh works and that's kind of what I run with and I get my outfits for my shows and and things and big big things like that master chef shoot that dress that I wore with all the sunglasses on it I get all of those custom made um because one as a fat and fabulous person as someone who is fat like it's harder for me to shop obviously um, because not one size doesn't fit all. And so getting something custom made, just like, you know, getting it uh, measured to my proportions and things like that and making it fit like a glove is mm. uh, something that I started doing last mm. year and uh, it's absolutely changed everything. And I feel like I've found my own style in that. Totally. I reckon that you're a lot of people's style icon. I was about to say that. Uh, yeah, I think you are the you. style icon. Yeah, you are the style. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. For some fashion. Yeah. Speaking of your show, you are on tour at the moment. You do stand-up comedy. Yeah. Well, I don't know whether I do stand-up comedy, but I okay. do a comedy show. Right. Um, look, here's the thing. I Yeah, I'm on tour right now. I'm in Adelaide at Adelaide Fringe. Oh, my goodness, doll. I'm so tired. It's only a half an hour time difference from Sydney. I feel jet lagged. I'm so jet lagged. Yeah, you did get the timing wrong for this. You might yeah. mention that. Yeah. You were coming. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. 30 minutes later. <laughs> I know. It's only just hit it. We were meant to start recording at 11 o'clock. It's only just hit 11 o'clock now. I only woke up at 10.30. So oh you're not, God, so you're not late then? No, exactly right. I actually was early as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Actually early. Yeah, <laughs> early. Um, but I, I don't call them stand-up comedy shows because they're not. They're very much tailored to my following. Obviously, yeah. a lot of people who are coming to the shows, I've been, I've been doing social media and stuff for about eight years now. Wow. And uh, a lot of the people who are coming to my shows are people who have followed me for a very long time. They kind of know my story and they know the ins and outs. And so it's very much tailored to them. And there's personal jokes about my journey, like talking about fashion and fashion icons. There's a whole section in the show about how uh, when I was first starting out, I was kind of like too poor to buy any outfits for a red carpet and I wasn't famous enough that people wanted to dress me. And so I had to make my own outfits, like go down to Kmart and Spotlight and Bunnings and buy all these things and then put them all on an outfit and walk the red carpet, looking a million bucks, but like for $22.50, you know. (laughs) And so I tell a lot of stories like that and stories from throughout my life um and it's very much tailored to my audience look it's a funny show everybody laughs but is it stand-up comedy 
I don't know, but I'm having a bloody good time doing it, whatever it is. Do you have any at, um, any advice to anyone that's wanting to get into the stand-up? Well, you said it's not stand-up, but the stand-up. Like entertainment. And, yeah, the stand-up like... world. Who wants to get up on stage and tell jokes to people and make them laugh? Well, I have some advice, but also the way that I kind of fell into it was kind of weird and kind of random because, you know, for most people – if you want to start in comedy, you, you find your local comedy club and there's plenty of them in major cities. I don't know about like smaller regional places, but in major cities, there's all these hidden like comedy bars and just on a Tuesday, they just have like open mic nights. And uh, look, when I started, I did a lot of research and like just, just sat there and pretty much watched people over and over and over and kind of picked up on different things because, I mean, stand-up comedy kind of is like an art form in that you have to talk a certain way or put a certain things in and you have to know when to pause to let the yeah. audience know it's okay to laugh and it's all very structured it's mm. it's kind of funny how it all works and so i i watched a lot of joan rivers yeah i love joan rivers and uh she definitely isn't my style of comedy she was much worse <laughs> she got away with a lot of things that i could never say um but she was really hilarious and i and i kind of watched how because i feel like for her she's one of the greatest comics of all time and the way that an audience just watched Joan Rivers and was so enthralled by her and no matter what she said they were laughing at, that's really kind of like what I what I want. That's what everybody wants from an audience if you want to do comedy. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, if you're starting out, go to those uh, small little comedy bars and things like that. They do open mic nights where anyone can get on stage and have a go and see how it goes. Yeah. For me, I have to say, though, I never did that. Uh, I just kind of blew up on social media and then <laughs> I was approached by my tour manager and he was like, hey, you should do live shows. <laughs> ding, 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 money, money, money. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. right, let's do it. Perfect. <laughs> Were you nervous before your first one then? Obviously, if you hadn't. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I still get nervous. Do like, you? I think that they the reckon once is, you, yeah. They reckon once you stop getting nervous, it means you don't care. So it's probably a good thing <laughs> yeah. that okay, you get nervous okay. before. Well, I the very first time. Here we go. We'll take you through it. The first <laughs> night that I did a I did a comedy show. It was at Sydney Comedy Festival, and uh, this was last year. And I thought, you know, this is my first time doing a show, so I didn't really know how it works. So I did a full glam moment, like bold um, blue and black smoky eye. I had like three or four vodka Red Bulls beforehand <laughs> to pump myself up. And then when I got on stage, I was so sweaty from the alcohol <laughs> and the hot lights that my makeup started melting down my face. Oh, no. And I was just... <laughs> I was just crying black and blue mascara all down my neck. I remember getting off stage, looking in the mirror, and it's, like, gone down my neck <laughs> into my dress. And uh, oh, I learnt very quickly no alcohol before my shows, so mm. I now do not have a drop of alcohol before my shows because that obviously makes you a little bit warmer. And also <laughs> my makeup that I now do is very, very basic uh, yeah. because – I don't want to have any mishaps with the sweat and things like that. And I've learned along the way. I now have a towel on stage so that I can dab my forehead if I am getting sweaty. I have like a water. I have, you know, show notes and things like that. So I, because I am still learning. Like I think yeah. in Adelaide, this is only my like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like last night was only my 10th show ever. Tomorrow wow. will be my tonight. Yeah, tonight will be my 11th. So it's only my 11th time on stage doing this. You're so confident. I mean, we were watching the pinned video on your socials, the famous video of you 
pretending to be in jail with the soap bar and bending down. It's, it's just so funny. Like I reckon I've watched it like 20 times. It's so hilarious. It, yeah, so well, I was like, look at this. It's hilarious. I obviously haven't seen it for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm like so proud of like that joke and how well that did on social media. It was so uh, good. It was good. Yeah, I loved it. I'm really glad. How do you think of your material? Then, like, how does it how does it come to you? Do you like brainstorm? Do you take it off actual a, joke? Well, well, I mean, for me, it was a really long process. Mm. I really struggled last year with uh, writing the show. It, the fun fact is, actually, before the pandemic, we did plan to do one show, and then the pandemic hit, so we had to cancel that, give everybody back their money, and then two years later, we put on six shows in Sydney that sold out. Wow. So that's just the, showing the growth that I had during the pandemic on social media. And um, for me, I had been writing the show since 2019 in a way. And so I kind of knew what I wanted to, to, to do. And then when I sat down and wrote it, it's very much, um, I already knew what I wanted to do with my shows. I wanted to make them very cohesive, have a start, a middle and an end. Uh, also have a bit of a message to yeah. the show as well. And so I guess I guess I can talk about that because the show's over. This is the last <laughs> time I'm ever going to do these shows um, in, in Adelaide because basically the theme of the show is fake it till you make it. And Love I tell all these stories from throughout my life of times I faked it, like going back to the Arias and making my own outfit that looks a million bucks but it cost me 20 bucks you know and so all these stories throughout my life of times I had to use this fake it till you make it method and then at the end I kind of say you know during the pandemic I had this moment to myself which is all true that I really had this this kind of epiphany this out-of-body experience whatever you want to call it where I kind of looked at this fake it till you make it method that I've been using my whole life. And I was like, where's it gotten me? It's gotten me nowhere, you know? And so from that day forward, I decided to live uh, authentically and be authentically myself. And then it's funny how like my life's done a 180 since then. And suddenly all these new opportunities and fabulous things are happening. And, uh, you know, you have like this little message in the show, which is like, once you stop faking it, that's when you start to make it. Wow. Uh, because I really believe that that's like what happened in my life is like once I started being authentic, that's when people connected with me and that's when I started to really kill it on social media. And so, yeah, there's like a whole kind of storyline to the show and it's uh, it's not all serious. It's very funny. There's lots of things that go wrong and, and whatnot. But <laughs> writing the show is definitely one of the like hardest things I've ever done, especially just trying to cut it down. I had so much content, but yeah. you're only allowed to be on stage for like an hour tops. And uh, so your show needs to be about 45 minutes to allow for things going wrong or chatter with the audience or whatever. And so condensing it down was so hard. But I will say that this time around, uh, the new tour, Fat and Fabulous, it is, I definitely am like, there's no issue with keeping that short and sweet. Like I now know how it works. It's all good. I can keep it short and sweet. Yeah. You said a lot of the audience are your um, following base. So do you get any hecklers or are they just... (laughs) 
Like, well, I say at the start of the show, like, if you don't like the show, I don't want to hear about it, you know? <laughs> um, and I say, you know, if you don't like the show, you are welcome to get up and leave. I literally couldn't give a shit. I've already spent your money. <laughs> you know, you're not getting a refund. You're not yeah, getting a, a refund. refund. <laughs> so it doesn't bother me, you know, get up and leave. Duh. I still get paid at the end of the day. So it's about, you know, just controlling your audience in a way totally. to kind of set that boundary and say, I don't want to hear your opinion. I couldn't give a shit. You're here to watch me. Yeah. Um, you know, and it becomes a funny joke in the show as well. I have had a few people yell out and I just say things like, excuse me, darling, it's my show, not yours. <laughs> you know? On that um, note, have you had anyone walk out? Well, I haven't noticed them if they have, but I mean, maybe. I was going to say, maybe just rinse them as they're walking out. Just like, <laughs> doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I've never had anyone walk out that I've noticed, but I mean, potentially some people have. We had someone walk out of our live show. We did a live show. It was <laughs> yeah. this this guy who was told that our show was a strip show. So he, we got on stage. What? He was expecting Matt and I to be naked 10 minutes in. He realised it wasn't happening anytime soon because we were having a little chat and he, he rolled on up. out. <laughs> this seediest, oh oldest man, front row as well. <laughs> Well, it takes where's your head at to a whole new level. Well, then, that's you know? what we were saying. That's <laughs> it. He was expecting a different type of head. <laughs> um, has there been a moment, speaking of um, faking it till you make it, has there been a moment where you've thought, fuck, I've really made it here? Um, well, I talk about that in the show as well. <laughs> because it's kind of funny I say, like, that's when you start to make it. And, you know, everyone usually claps and goes, whoa. And I go, well, hang on, Dale, I'm not there yet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm playing to 150 people in a dingy venue in the middle of so-and-so. <laughs> you know, um, wait till I've sold out a stadium or something like that. And so <laughs> even when, you know, you pretend that you've made it, you've still got to take the piss out of you a little bit because no one wants to go to a comedy show and hear an inspirational story, really. But, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Like, I mean, there's been times throughout my life that I definitely have, like, pinched me moments, but I don't know whether I've had a moment where I've gone, OMG, I've made it. I feel like that that moment is probably coming in the next couple years there's been some exciting conversations happening mm. over the last few months and and whatnot so you know I have my career goals I have my career things that I'm manifesting and hopefully when I tick a few of those off I'll be able to say I could make it but then again does anyone ever really make it because well, I feel like question. we can have we can have everything we want and say we've made it and we still want more so maybe it's a case of that Anna as well. and me talk we about always that talk a, about that yeah that you need to stop sometimes and maybe like smell the roses because we're always thinking about like what's the next thing that celebrate we the small wins yeah. and I guess like the goal is always happiness over <laughs> anything yeah is what we yeah say. but then money is good and going to the top <laughs> is fun as well <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also I feel like I've accepted my fate that I'll never be at the top. You know what I mean? Like I think you've got to be realistic about it totally. as well. Oh, um, no, I'll, s- I'll see you up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you won't. I've blocked you, apparently. Yeah, uh, yeah you're not going to see me unblocked. You're not even You'll only get unblocked when you're at the very top. <laughs> <laughs> You have your own podcast. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, it's uh, called Trash Alley. It's a Spotify original podcast, which is so exciting because the only other people that I know who have Spotify original podcasts are Kim Kardashian and Meghan Markle. I mean, 
Spotify's clearly put us all in the same boat, which yeah. I agree. <laughs> um, it's a pop culture podcast, so we kind of talk about like what's in the news and things like that. And then uh, it's also storytelling about our own lives as well. So, you know, I like to sum it up like, for anyone who's never listened before, Trash Alley is kind of like what you'd talk about in a smoker's area at a nightclub, <laughs> which is what it's named after. Trash Alley is what the smoking section at Ark Sydney, right. which is a big gay nightclub on Oxford Street. That's what it's. That's oh, what they call it. You'd be solving some world problems then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we get into all the conspiracy <laughs> theories. We get into all of the everything. So it's a it's a po- podcast full of everything. But yeah, basically, I like to describe it as in like imagine. Basically, you know, Ariana Grande releases a new song, and so out in our episode, we go, Ariana, Ariana Grande has released a new song. It's called "Break Up with Your Boyfriend," and then we talk about the song, and then we go, "Let's tell you about our worst breakup." You know what I mean? Love so it's it. like we yeah, nice. use pop culture to tell stories and things like that, and it's really fun. We are on a long hiatus right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been a long hiatus. Um, we uh, finished up at the end of last year. And uh, then in January, my granddad passed away and that was a really difficult time oh, for me and I just needed some time to process. Yeah, sorry. And uh, it was full on, which is sad. Yeah. And then Sydney World Pride happened, which was then yeah. the other end of the spectrum, the happiest time of my life. I felt like I was at Disneyland every day. <laughs> and um, so it's been an emotional roller coaster. I was very busy over Sydney World Pride and then, of course, now I have my shows in Adelaide. Yeah. And so... It's just been a very busy time and we're hoping to work out everybody's schedules and come back as soon as we can. Oh, well, my gosh, Let's yeah. talk about Sydney World Pride then. How, how was yeah, that? Yeah, how was it? What we, happened? We went up to Sydney my. at the back end of it and, like, I didn't realise how full on it is there, like how much Sydney, like, gets involved. Sydney in ev- was a lot. Yeah, and it everywhere. I don't know. I don't know if anyone realises that uh, yeah. <laughs> how, <laughs> how full on it was going to be. Well, usually, you see, we just have Mardi Gras, which is yeah. totally different. So we have Mardi Gras, which is our pride season. It happens every year for about two and a bit weeks in Sydney. And we have, obviously, everybody knows the Mardi Gras parade, but people probably, like a lot of people don't know that that's actually a 17-day festival where things are happening every day. And I mean thousands of events are happening every single day and just everything you can imagine everywhere. And so it's actually a a two and a bit week celebration, but everybody just knows the Mardi Gras parade because that's pretty much what's on TV. Um, And so this year we hosted World Pride, which is very much like the Olympics. You bid to World... you. You bid to host World Pride. We bid a few years ago. We won the bid. And, you know, it brings... Unfortunately, we won it, I think, before COVID. And then COVID hit. And so it's usually like a very big investment because it just brings so much tourism to Australia. And look, it did. But I don't think it really hit as as well as they thought it was going to. Right. um, Because a lot of people didn't travel after the pandemic. And I mean, you know, everything that's going on in the world right now. But there were still a lot of people who came over and obviously people came over from all over Australia. Um, I heard that I did hear, and I don't, don't quote me on this, but I think that they had more travellers like from Australia than international, which is like really good to see that like Australia came out to support World Pride. Yeah. But I will say that, you know, when you're in Sydney around World Pride and as you were saying, they really get stuck into it. Well, they don't get stuck into it every year. It's just that this year was World Pride and like the city of Sydney and, you know, councils and things could get on board. So you yeah. were having World Pride events instead of just having World Pride events in the heart of Sydney, sorry, Mardi Gras events in the heart of Sydney, you were now having World Pride. So your World Pride events were 
like out in Parramatta and all over the shop and everywhere, northern beaches, you know, um, just all over Sydney and it became like a whole city thing. And so it was huge. It was really big and it was so exhausting. I was running on like an alternation of Red Bull and sleeping pills, like just (laughs) trying to keep my body going (laughs) for the whole 17 days. And, of course, it was 17 days but like, Two weeks before that, that's when all the brands want to work with you on social media in the lead up. Yeah. And so it was like five weeks of so, I've never worked so hard in my life. It was so worth it. I had a great time. Yeah. Um, I got to see Kylie Minogue, who oh, is my yeah. favourite human yeah, being was... in the entire world. That was probably my highlight. And um, it was just nice to be gay. But you know what? I definitely came out of it being like, I am homophobic. (laughs) I've had enough of gay people. I've had enough of queer people. I need to take a break. I was like, get me to a pub. I need a beer. That's what my my friend said the same thing. I was like, how was um, was Pride Week or Pride Month? And he was like, I I don't think I'm gay anymore. (laughs) I'm done with it. There was that that overwhelming feeling was around because we were like, we've gone so hard. Now we're like, oh, my God, give me a wife and kids. (laughs) (laughs) Give me me a wife and kids. (laughs) was there any like fun stories that you can tell us from pride anything wild happen any juicy goss um uh sure there is not really for me because i i chose to work this world pride yeah let me let me be honest with you and this is the thing like when it comes to brands wanting to work with queer people during pride season you know it's a bit naff so i was like well if they want to work with me and, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to charge through the roof. Yeah. I'm going to make as much money as I can. Absolutely. And uh, I'm not doing anything I don't want to do and I'm not working for free. I'm not working for free at all. And so I didn't. And uh, it was amazing. It was a lot of work. And all my morals and rules still came into effect. Obviously, I still didn't work with brands, as always, that I didn't don't want to work with or don't use their products. I don't love the product. But every brand I worked with, I was like, well, yeah, but... You can. I'm going to charge double my rates, sometimes triple, because it's Pride season and queer people deserve to be paid. And I couldn't believe, actually, the amount of people or the amount of brands, sorry, that reached out and just wanted things for free. Mm. And what was disappointing is then I saw people, you know, do the free shit. And I was kind of like, come on, everyone. Like, if we're not all in this together then it's not going to work. And there were some really big brands who uh, contacted me to do things. And I was like, wow, this is an amazing opportunity. Like, cool, I'm ready. And then when it got down to it, they had, oh, it's no budget. We don't have any budget. Mm. What do you mean you don't have budget? Then you can't work with us. And then to see other people work with them, I was kind of like, why are you doing this for like a bottle of wine and a packet of cookies? Like, you know? Mm. Um, But in terms of like crazy stories at World Pride, like, no, because I was working so hard and working so much that I didn't really have time to, like, let my hair down and actually, like, truly enjoy myself and have fun. Yeah, I'm sorry I can't come through with the tea on that one. Usually I've got all the <laughs> I've got all the tea. All the hot gas. <laughs> yeah, not this year. I was too busy being a, being a boss. boss Hustling. Babe. Yeah, boss Hustling. babe, that's yes. it. Um, <laughs> what is your relationship status at the moment? I am divorced. No. Divorced. I was going to say, when did that happen? I'm in a relationship uh, with my partner, Skylar. Well, we've been together four years. Wow. Four years coming up in August. And we're definitely going to get married, like, 
he's the one, Aww. I'm the one for him. We just, like, know that. It's, like, one of those when you know, you know yeah. situations. And we just know. We moved in together, like, a year ago or so. Um, it's been perfect. It's just that relationship. We never had a fight. We've never Aww. had a never disagreement. Never had a fight like, at all. Nah, it's so weird. It's so weird. But I really think the pandemic helped because we were dating for six months and then went into the pandemic. So then we were kind of forced to spend a lot of time together because, yeah. you know, you had your little bubble. And so I was staying at his house or Do he was staying at my house. And I feel, well, I feel like it, it threw you in and it either made or broke you, you totally. know, like, yeah. and for us, it definitely made us like just spending that time together and like, yeah. Like Aww. the fact that we could be on top of each other, basically, in more ways than one, um, <laughs> was definitely like, and 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 we didn't get annoyed at each other. Was kind of like solidifying the fact that we we really love each other. And so we've been together four years. Yeah, we'll be getting married for sure. Um, I'll be proposing. We all know it's happening. <laughs> but you know what? I, I've always wanted to propose um, to my partner. Like, I've had this dream of, like, proposing at the place that we met and, like, going back to the place we met or or where we had our first kiss, more specifically. Like, where did you have your first kiss? And, like, going back to that moment and proposing and having it come full circle. I'm a very full circle kind of person. Um, Yeah, so our first kiss was in a bathroom cubicle. Was I saying, um, was it Trash Alley? Was it Trash Alley? At a gay nightclub. (laughs) It was close to Trash Alley. Yeah, we were... We hooked up in a toilet, um, so <laughs> won't be proposing there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, wow, I love it. I love love, and I love hearing these stories. It just like makes yeah. me warm inside, That's and I think cute. it gives people hope who are still in toxic relationships. Um, yeah. to hear these stories that you don't have to be in relationships where you are constantly fighting. Yeah, well, the way that we met was also so organic, which I love. We didn't meet on a dating app or anything like that. Right. Um, I went to a drag show and he, I saw, I was with my best friend and I saw him across the room and I tapped my best friend on the shoulder and I said, Aww. oh my God, look at that boy. I'm like, that, like, he's just so my type. He's so perfect. He's fucking beautiful and I tapped my friend and I I literally looked at him and I tapped my best friend and I go look at that guy and he was like oh my god because he knew what I was talking about and I go that's my future husband (gasps) and it was yeah so manifest that shit ladies yeah Um, and then we became friends and we were like friends as a friend group my best friend and me and then his best friend and him we all became like a little group and then that group kind of got bigger and we were friends for a very long time and i remember Mm. like i had the biggest crush on him and i was just trying to like do the groundwork (laughs) for like (laughs) three or four months and then finally i could see he was like taking what i was putting down (laughs) um and uh so there's a bit of a chase and I hate chasing, but it was definitely worth it. Definitely. And, um, definitely, yeah. And, yeah, I just love that we met really organically, not that there's anything wrong with meeting on a, a dating app yeah. um, or a dating show. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I just love that it was, like, one of those moments that Aww. we met in real life. So is there so a, lovely. Is there a proposal on the card soon then, can we say? <laughs> Well, I need to stop working um, <laughs> because there's no time to plan anything. I, I will say as well, here's the thing though, even though we've been together four years, like right now it's not the right time. Like I just know that. Like I feel yeah, like yeah. although I know that's happening, like you also know when you want to re- 
want to propose. And mm. uh, to be honest, like now's not that time. I always did say we've only been living together for a year. I think I'd probably want to give that like two years before you yeah. make a decision like that, just to really make that sure. Because yeah, sure had a fight. You can totally yeah. <laughs> Although we haven't had a fight ever, like you know, we you never know. You just want to really give it a test run before yeah. you lock it down. <laughs> um, I don't see it being an issue, but yeah, the thing is like. I just uh, don't feel like I don't have time to think about that. You know what I mean? Mm. So once I have some rest, I do plan to take a bit of time off in a couple months. Lol. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm not going to propose then, but at least I can then think about it. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll be keeping our eye out for a proposal then. Yeah. Well, you won't be. You can't even see my profile. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I I'll be asking I Anna. I I'll love be it. asking yeah. Anna. I'll be like, has he proposed <laughs> yet? Anything yet? Yeah, anything going on yet? <laughs> I love it. I can't believe you blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> How was your dating life before meeting Skylar then? Yeah, did you have any toxic <laughs> relationships before? Oh, my God, literally, yes. I had so many toxic relationships. They were awful. Um, some of them were – I was actually more of a situationship kind of person. Oh, yeah. Like, there was never any official label on it, but it was, like, months or years of, like, being in situationships, but also probably my own fault. Like, sometimes I was in a situationship with three guys at a time. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, maybe it was my own fault because, like, one – I remember getting into a situation ship with like one guy and so that was boring me, but you know, I was still keeping him around. So I got another one and then it was another situation ship and I was like, well, that's boring as well. You're both boring, but I'll keep you around. And then I got a third one. <laughs> it wasn't until my best friend said something to me like, you realise you've got three guys on the go at once. Um, which I mean is empowering. How do you monitor no, like, three guys at once? That would be mm, like a job no. in itself. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's hard when you call one of them the wrong name, isn't it? Oh, they yeah, that's so They're all called good. Babe. They're just they all called all Babe. Each other. Yeah. <laughs> babe no, or Honey. Yeah. No, called one of them the wrong name during, you know, an act of service. Oh. And, um, yeah, that didn't go down well. And actually, I think that was the end of us then. Oh, so God. just remember, if you're going to sleep around with different people at the same time, just remember to call, as you, as Matt said, Matt's a pro apparently, just call everyone <laughs> babe. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Yeah. It takes on to know. Yeah, you've got to know what you got to do. you got to, yeah. Just us, always babe. <laughs> always babe, always babe. <laughs> That's hilarious. Do you have any good pickup lines? Because we are obviously a dating podcast and we always like to ask our guests. To help the audience in their dating lives. What's my best pickup is? Uh, it's not really a pickup line, actually. <laughs> or dating tips, maybe. What's the best pickup um, line that's been used on you? Maybe it's that uh, Elvira. My favorite, like pickup line, sort of esque thing is Elvira. Um, when someone asks her, like, "How's how's your head?" And she goes, I've never had any complaints. <laughs> it's a slow burn. Um, but I don't know. I've never been a pickup. As I said, I hate hate chase. So I've never been a pickup line person. Like yeah. you're doing the pickup lines on me. And, it, it, you know, uh, for the most part, you didn't need a pickup line. As long as you look good, I was ready anyway. So like, it doesn't, 
Didn't even matter what your name was. Didn't have to learn it half the time. <laughs> oh, so um, you call them by the wrong one anyway. Yeah. Doesn't even matter. Yeah, exactly. It. Exactly. But dating tips, look, I would say, oh, I've got the biggest dating tip for you. And I really think this is half the reason that our relationship is so successful. Seriously, though, for a minute. The fact is that Sky and I have very separate friend groups. Mm. Um, so we have a friend group that before we started dating was a friend group. So we're obviously still all a friend group and that's fine. But I mean, friends that I didn't meet before dating him, I have no relationship with. Mm. And I think that is one of the biggest and best things about our relationship and vice versa. He obviously knows my friends. I know his friends. We, you know, they come over and obviously we have a conversation, but I couldn't tell you anything about their lives. And he couldn't tell you anything about any of my friends' lives. And although that sounds really like harsh and black and white, it's not exactly like that. But what I think that does is there's no like mixing between friends and relationship and and things like that. I feel like all of the breakdowns in the past is because I've wanted my partners to like be besties with my best friends. And then when it gets messy, it gets really, really messy. And so although like we obviously have a great relationship with the other with like I I know Sky's friends' names, I know what they do for work, and that's about it. And when they come over, we catch up. Hi, how are you? What's been happening? But I never message one of them and say happy birthday or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like right. we don't have that sort of relationship. And he, we're we're very conscious, especially after probably spending so much time together during the lockdowns. We're very conscious that we need time apart as mu- as much as we have time together. So I'm always happy when he's like. I'm going out for dinner with my friend on Thursday night. I'm like, freaking go. Like, yeah. enjoy your life. I never want to be one of those boyfriends either that, like, gets upset at my partner for wanting to go and do things with his friends and things like that. I'm like, you, babe, you do whatever you like. I'll be here sitting and waiting for you. Or I might go out for dinner with one of my friends. Yeah. And so we really take time to still spend time with the people in our lives but it's not all co-mingled together. And I think that is honestly one of the best reasons why it works. That's, I like that too. It's We really we know that time apart is as important as time together. Totally. No, I am. Um, I think that's really good as I well. I agree. I think that yeah. there has to be some – I think there has to be – you have to have your own time. Like I love my fucking own time. Like, yeah. My own time is like – is great. And then you get to hang out with your friends, have a beer and like, you know, get – yeah. Yeah, for Your sure. Own space. Do you have an embarrassing dating story that you could tell us? <laughs> Plenty of them. <laughs> Where on earth? I think my most embarrassing was probably when I called the guy the wrong name yeah. during. Uh, <laughs> what happened was after that? The worst. Did, it was he over. Just, did he just take up well, and leave, or he did he knew finish? Because the other guy that I called him the name of is my ex. Oh, and so he or he already oh. knew about that guy. <laughs> you didn't say that before. Yeah, you, you missed, missed, that part <laughs> yeah, you missed the, the biggest bit. You missed it. the punchline. Yeah. And I had slept with him that morning, and then oh. the other guy came over in the afternoon. Daddy's got away. So I just got confused. There was a lot of men in the house at once, you know. I got confused. I love um, it. So that was probably the most embarrassing dating. But but see, look, the other thing as well is as a gay man, dating is very different. In fact, we hardly date at all in the really? gay world. I mean, maybe these days it's a little bit different, but definitely beforehand there was no 
there was not much dating happening. You didn't hear of people going on dates. You didn't really go on dates yourself. I never really, I was never really seeking anyone to date. I was more so just like looking for sex at the end of the day, um, or maybe not even sex, just like other things. But for me, like I, yeah, didn't, I mean, apart from my situationships, before I was in a relationship, like, you know, I was on all the apps, you know, finding finding men, but not to, not to date, just to be like, come over. You know what I mean? Yeah. We kind of just got straight to the point. We're very busy gay people. We're very busy. We've just got to Therefore. in and out, do it, and then never see you again. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I don't know, like embarrassing dating stories. I never really went on dates, to be honest. Right. Well, like, like maybe embarrassing grinder stories, would you say? Oh, my God, Joel, where do I start? Okay, <laughs> one time I was almost murdered because I downloaded – I was on my. I was on Grindr. Oh, here we go. This is a big story for you, but, oh, my God, it ends so badly as well. <laughs> we want to like, know. Badly in a good well, you're way. obviously alive, so it didn't end, yeah. too, <laughs> no. it doesn't end too bad. No, it's actually a full 180. I'll keep it real short for you. I tell the full story on, on Trash Alley, but it's a, it's a long story, but I'll keep it short. Okay, so I was messaging this guy. He was like, come over, I'll give you a full body massage. And I was Ooh. like, you know what? That actually sounds really good. You know? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm game with that. I, he's like, oh, what's your address? I give him the address. He's like, there's a taxi out the front. And so I get in the taxi and I'm like, hey, and I think he's booked me a taxi. No, he's the taxi driver. <laughs> and he looked nothing like his pictures. Oh. And he like starts like driving and rubbing my leg. And then he's like, I've got to drop the taxi back to the taxi rink in Alexandria. And then you can book an Uber to my house and I'll do the whole massage thing. And I didn't have enough money to pay for an Uber all these years ago. And so I was like stressed now. And I was like, oh, I can't like do that. He drops his car off at the taxi rank. And then anyway, all this other stuff happened. I tried to get out of the car. He locked the doors. This is before the taxi rank. But I mean, he didn't, in one way, he didn't mean any harm, I don't think. But like, like he wasn't like not letting me out, but the doors were locked and I couldn't open the door. <laughs> and so then, uh, but it wasn't like a full on thing. Like I think he had just genuinely like locked the doors and I didn't, you know, so I'm panicking. I'm drunk anyway at the time. And, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then I get out of the taxi and run. And then he, like when he unlocks the doors for me to get out so that he could go into the taxi rink and then he turns around and chases me with the taxi down the street and then I run into this apartment building and I hide and then he gets out of the taxi and comes in and follows me but like again Uh, I just think he was trying to be like genuinely nice but I was just freaking out but I don't know oh my god he's probably trying to help you in your like literally I think he might have been but I was just like profiling him and being like no he's gonna murder me so I um I got on Grinder again and was then seeking refuge with whoever was nearest. And so then I, then I, uh, <laughs> I uh, messaged a guy and he was like, yeah, come up to mine. And I get up there and, um, did you know what a bukkake is? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. We might just ask the guests to like, uh, the listeners to, um, Google what a bukkake is. Cause okay. I don't know. Either so that's where I went. I'll Google in my own time. <laughs> So I get up to the to the room and um, he gets a and he, I'm just taking refuge. He's trying to be sexual, but I was like, I'm actually having a bit of a panic attack, so I can't. And uh, he wasn't that attractive either. But then he asked. He got a phone call and said, and uh, they asked if he wanted to come over for a bukkake. And he said, Oh well, I got someone here. Can I bring them? 
and he asks me and says, do you want to go have a bukkake? And I'm sitting there having a panic attack, you know, like just out of my mind thinking this, this is not where I thought I'd end up. And he's like, do you want to have a bukkake? And I went, oh, well, all right then. <laughs> yeah, we better. So May as well be very not. Funny, to. it was a very exciting experience. It was a one-off. I'll never probably do it again. Um, but it was, it was a, it was fun, and that's probably the wildest story. There's a lot more detail, but I feel like you, you, you guys need you? to tell me what a bukkake is because I'm feeling left out. What is it? Well, you might, you might want to cut it out of the. <laughs> no, <laughs> no this is an open podcast. Yeah, okay. Well, it's like, have you heard of a circle jerk? Then so you all blow on one thing. On what? Yeah. It's when you all like you circle jerk. Well, you, yeah, you'll yeah, probably, you explain it. You'd probably be, yeah. So I walked into this bukkake not, not knowing what to expect. Let me tell you, it was the hottest fucking footballer body type. Like they looked like they all played for the Sydney Roosters. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I was in heaven. So I'm in the middle, Anna. And it's kind of like, you know, they're, they're just kind of like all standing around you and you're just taking your pick at what you want to grab and suck. Oh, and, okay, 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 okay. and then Finish I me. become, you know, the canvas for the painting. The Picasso. Right, right. Yes. Um, but you know what? As, as full on as that sounds, let me tell you, they were all real gentlemen. Like they were, they just, it's, it sounds <laughs> like it's crazy. They treated me with so much respect <laughs> and I, I appreciate that. Uh, I can't believe we've gone from like this trauma situation getting chased by a fucking car taxi (laughs) into this. I did not see that coming. I have to say, by a bunch of (laughs) Sydney roosters. (laughs) I did not see it coming either, but it did. Wow, wait, that is an amazing story. I love it. Just a question: How many does do you remember? Like how many? How big's the circle? Uh, yeah, so there were four, and then the guy that brought me from his apartment that I seek uh, refuge in, he sat on the lounge. So like there were five guys in the room and me, but there were only four. And the one that sat on the lounge just was like pleasuring himself and watching right. it all happen. Um, Did you invite the taxi driver? Get it really no. 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 <laughs> well, I've got he's a, in blocked for life. Yeah, he's in blocked. <laughs> I have a question actually about like um gay relationships and that that I find fascinating. Um, are you in a monogamous one or is yeah? Yeah, I am. You are. Yeah, because yeah. I find a monogamy's li- always been really important to me. It's not for a lot of people in the gay community, but um, yeah, for. And the good thing about Skylar is he was looking for the same thing. So we're very monogamous. We've never strayed. But I feel like I had my time before this relationship. As you can tell, it's a pretty boundary. Do you set that boundary from the start? Is it a conversation that comes up early or is it like... Yeah, for us, we had that conversation before we even started dating. Just And and also, I think, before we even started really talking to each other a bit more seriously. I think we just, I think I just popped that question like in the friend group and, yeah. and was like, what do we all think? Cause I wanted to gauge his interest. Cause if he uh, wanted to be, uh, you know, open, open, then I don't know whether I could deal with that. But here's the thing, you know, what's really funny. Mm-hmm. It's like, I have, oh, this is so random, but you know, Jess, from The Bachelor this season. Did you watch The Bachelors this season? Yeah. Uh, is that the Remember blonde guy? The, the blonde girl who had the open relationship oh, with yeah, the yeah, ex-boyfriend yeah, yeah. and stuff. I remember. So, like, she was saying some things and she was making really good points. 
And me and Sky were like talking and we were like, wow, that's so interesting. Like, yeah, we definitely don't want that. But like, that's so interesting. And we kind of like now, because I've come to a point where before this relationship, I like never understood why anyone else would want to be with anyone else except their partner. That was just like my whole thing. And Mm -hmm. I always looked at people who were in open relationships as like, why are you even bothering? You know what I mean? And like now, although I still don't want that, I now understand it. And I now go, well, if someone else wants an open relationship, absolutely, like, you yeah. go for it. As long as you're both on the same page, um, it's, yeah, not something that we want for our relationship now. I mean, that could change in the future. I don't see it changing, but, but yeah, I know it's a big thing. It's, yeah, yeah well, we I know, had a yeah. sex expert come onto our podcast recently called Dr. Tara, and she explained to us that a lot of couples are moving from monogamy. Monogamy. <laughs> monogamy to, to monogamish. And the monogamish oh. part is just like a random threesome here and like a little play there. And it's kind of like a little bit of dabbling, but mainly monogamy, monogamous. I can't even talk. Monogamish. Monogamish. Monogamy. Yeah. Monogamy. <laughs> monogamish. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, apparently monogamish is like the new monogamy, supposedly. So what's monogamish? Is that just like introducing someone into your relationship yeah. for just a one night thing. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, just very. Or if your sexual needs or desires aren't linked up, that they come to an agreement that, for instance, say. So it's like 90% of the time you're monogamous. Yeah. Say one of them wants more sex and the other one's sex drive can't keep up with it. It is a discussion had and they've said, okay, you can go, I guess, I mean, pay for something. You could pick someone up or you could have someone on the side that you are. You find if you yeah the other one can't keep up. But with it's it. like a conversation, conversation and com- yeah, like all lots above of board. communication all and above board, yeah. yeah yeah. But I mean, it was interesting, interesting. hearing it. I, I feel like it's a bit like awkward to bring someone in. Like like yeah. I think if we wanted to try spicing it up, I don't think I'd go straight to let's bring a third person into our bedroom. Totally, you know I feel I mean? the same <laughs> way. Scary. <laughs> but I feel like it's almost easier to actually just go and sleep with someone else altogether then bring a third person in. Yeah. I, I, I really? don't know. Like, I, know I know I just did a story about a bukkake, but, you know, threesome scare me, you know, because I, I don't want to be the odd one out. You know? <laughs> but I, I don't think... want to feel left out in my own threesome. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, so your partner going off and doing stuff, the fucking not knowing would kill me. Like, would eat me alive, I reckon. I couldn't compartmentalise. Matt and I are way too jealous <laughs> to ever be in a monogamish <laughs> relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it then. It's something to spice it up. could be you could invite someone to watch. Look, we'll brainstorm I at a later time. I don't know whether I'd be able to find anyone to watch me. Anyone to watch you. I mean, that's like a, a very, very niche market there. <laughs> I could see that. Imagine just like a, a creepy person in the corner, like masturbating to you. Like yeah, it's just giving I'll me the ick. I'll call the taxi driver. <laughs> <laughs> Give me his digits. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Matt, it's been lovely having Thanks. you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, mate. Thank you for having me, dog. It's been a hoot. It's been the greatest way to start my day. Please, um, I'll look to unblock you or you unblock me. I'll speak to the people at um, Instagram higher up and see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, something's going on. It's, it's all gone wrong. <laughs> you must have bullied me in high school or something because I don't know what's going on there. That's it. Strange, very strange. All right, thank you, Thank Matt. you. Thanks, Matt. Thank you.